Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of the Duffy's Fantasy Football Podcast. This is episode 11, the week 5 preview. It's Saturday, I'm at home at 2 in the afternoon, feeling a little blessed. I went into open, and Liz came in, let me leave, and that's pretty much it. Came home, did some floors, did a little bit of laundry, figured I'd get my preview out now while I had the chance, and I'm chilling so I can go out and have some drinks and enjoy the rest of my Saturday off. You already know I'll be at Duffy's tomorrow from open to close, which is okay. Make my money. Hopefully the Dolphins get that victory over the Jets. I'm not going to say it's a must-win game, but it would be nice to win it. It just gives you that level of comfort. Go up to 4-1, and missing Tua. Remember that our last game was a Thursday night game, so Tua has technically already had, what is it, like 11, 12 days of rest. And then we don't play again until next Sunday, which is the Vikings game. So if Tua had to miss that game, that's why I'm saying that it would just bring a level of comfort to win this game because the Vikings could definitely be more challenging with Teddy Bridgewater as their quarterback. But Teddy Bridgewater made a career for himself as being, you know, steady-handed, not really turning the ball over a lot. I think he has like a 2.2% interception rate, which is really good. Um. I mean, that's considering the last few years he's been either a backup or just like a fringe starter. But, you know, all the best. Prayers still up for Tua, hoping he gets that speedy recovery and the Dolphins can continue to have this strong season. I mean, it's just, you know, it's classic Miami, just rip your hearts out as soon as you get that that taste of something new and something different, something bad. It's like when Tannehill got hurt. Uh, back in 2016, and we went on that playoff run, and we still made the playoffs with Matt Moore as the backup. But, and I'm not trying to, you know, sing Tannehill's praises too much, act like we would have made a Super Bowl run. But playing the Steelers that week one of the playoffs might have had a better chance with Tannehill back there. Anyways, I digress. I want to talk about the Thursday night game first before I review our dog match and match of the week. That game was absolutely terrible i didn't watch it i was at work we had the carnival party on thursday that was pretty crazy in itself but uh, i wrote down some stats here just to really give you perspective on how terrible that game was matt ryan completed 26 of 41 passes for 251 yards and two interceptions everything sounded good until you got to the two interceptions and you should already know by now and if you don't you will right now that there were no touchdowns in this game. Michael Pittman still, I mean, for having such a terrible like scoring outing as a team, he still caught five passes, 59 yards, so that's 10.9 fantasy points. That's not good, but you'll take it. And then Mo Ali Cox, one week removed from scoring two touchdowns, had one catch for seven yards. So hopefully no one picked him up and threw him in a in their tight end spot because you're definitely disappointed. And then looking at Danger Russ, be careful, he wasn't spicy. 21 for 39, 274 yards, two interceptions. Trash. I mean, I know, it, to me, it has to turn around. Because now there's so much Russell Wilson hate coming out. 
I do think he's super cringe. I do think he's a super awkward guy. I feel like he's built almost like a fake persona. But what he did in Seattle for a while, and I'm, it's not like even like he was the best quarterback in the league, but he was definitely good. Like, better than good. And now people are trying to, like, I saw something on ESPN the other day where it was like, oh, that when he came out, that he was only like a two-star recruit when he was going to college and that he wasn't known for being super like they're just trying to dig deep in a bag to be like oh see the whole time he was actually not good and he was only good because of legion of boom because i'm pretty sure after the legion of boom split up they were still winning a lot of games and going to the playoffs were they winning in the playoffs no but that's not like you know if you've been watching the nfl the last 10 years or so you have seen russell wilson make many 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 big plays and he definitely has a cannon, and he's definitely accurate. I just don't understand. I'm really blaming the coach. Nathaniel Hackett is trash. Like, he, he's definitely bringing no life to this team. After week one or week two, they apparently had brought in, like, a consultant, like a time management consultant to help him with, like, timeouts and how to, like, run certain plays, I guess, when there's a certain amount of time left on the clock, which is embarrassing. As a coach... You shouldn't need a consultant for that. Like, that should be something that's already, like, ingrained in you. I mean, anybody sitting on their couch or watching games on the TV could call plays, you know, at least that's how everybody feels, call plays for you. They'll question you right from the beginning. But, I mean, yeah, the two minute, a two-minute drill of your first play is a, is a halfback draw. Everyone's going to kind of raise their eyebrow at you. Melvin Gordon did rush the ball 15 times for 54 yards. Not too great, but, I mean, nobody did well in this game. He did catch three passes for 49 yards, though, so he does turn out with at least, like, 12, 13 points. Not great, obviously, just like Michael Pittman, but not terrible either. Corlin Sutton was targeted 11 times, only caught five of them for 74, so there's another 12. I mean, for this game... And the players that were in it and the players that were started fantasy-wise. I mean, like, Russell Wilson, I think, still had, like, 13 fantasy points or something. Like, it's not the end of the world, you know. Double digits is, is, like, the bare minimum to me. That's how I always look at it. Like, if I'm looking at my team, win or lose, like, I just like to see double digits. Low double digits, no, but I'd rather have that than to have six or seven or eight points. So in this game... There were only seven field goals because obviously the final score was 12 to 9. And there were at least, because I, ESPN for some reason, I was too lazy to just go further. There were at least 12 punts. I'm pretty sure it ended up probably being 15 or 16 punts in this game. That is outrageously boring. That is terrible. Who wants to watch that? Why are the first six weeks of the NFL covering the Broncos four times on primetime? And they still have another primetime game coming up. Like, this is crazy. And maybe they overhyped them, or maybe they should put it towards, like, the back end of the season, at least let them get to warm up. Because all you get to see on the national stage all these weeks is just how terrible the Broncos look and how terrible Russell Wilson looks. Have you tried his Danger Witch? But yeah, man, it's kind of... Like, I mean, at least, like, the Bengals-Dolphins game was looking to be more of an exciting Thursday night game until Tua got hurt. And I'm pretty sure the week before that, it was, like, Chiefs and someone else, like, Chiefs and Chargers, maybe. So that was a good game. But this one, 
terrible. Like, at least Monday night, it's Chiefs Raiders. That's something to look forward to. And before I move on, I'd be insane not to mention that once again in his career, and it wasn't, um, it wasn't fourth and goal. It was fourth and one where they could have went and got the first down. But uh, he missed wide open KJ Hamler on a slant and basically throws the ball away, gets it intercepted, and loses the game in another heartbreaking fashion, reminiscent of the Super Bowl. And that Super Bowl was heartbreaking to me because obviously I am a known Patriots and Tom Brady hater. And I was really hoping that the Seahawks were going to win that game, even though I hated them for beating the 49ers at the time. But, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, as they say. Well, with that, I move on to our Dog Match of the Week. This week's Dog Match of the Week is first place Kyle versus last place Angel. Angel being 0-4 desperately needs this win, but the way his team is looking now, missing Javante Williams, no longer having Aaron Jones, his team is looking a little desperate. Hopefully, Miles Sanders can continue to perform at the rate that he, well, hasn't been super consistently yet, but he's already had a few games that he's played super well. And we're only five weeks in. It's hard to call it a habit just yet. And then for Kyle, I mean, Kyle just looks to continue to do what he's already been doing with Mahomes, CMC. I mean, the guy's been balling out. Team is second highest scoring team, and now he's the sole owner of first place after I beat Calvin last week. And speaking of Calvin, I go into our match of the week. Calvin versus Frank. Calvin coming off his loss to me. Still third place since Frank remained undefeated after beating Sean last week. I'm kind of pulling for Calvin just because I want these undefeated teams to be gone, just like how I'm pulling for Angel. But for Frank, I mean, he's been impressive. He always has these hot starts. And remember at the when I did our first episode of the podcast, I mentioned uh, teams' records in the last two seasons. And I wonder if I can find that. In my notes. Yeah, so Frank the last two years was nineteen and eight. So as of right now, Frank is twenty-three and eight in his last thirty-one fantasy matchups in this league. That is very crazy. Very, very crazy. But unfortunately it hasn't turned into playoff success, so we'll see if history repeats itself or maybe his team can continue to be strong and maybe even maybe even grow stronger as the season goes on and he can finish out with a strong playoff push. I mean, like I've always said, doesn't matter to me what any of you do because I'm going to win the championship. I mean, it's only right. I'm doing a podcast about it. Might as well win too. Well, other than that, just a few matchups I'm looking at tomorrow that might be pretty interesting fantasy-wise. You got the Vikings taking on the Bears. I would look for Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. Hopefully Dalvin Cook can have his, like he hasn't had a great game this year, you know, his classic 30-point performances. But against the Bears, who are absolutely terrible, the Vikings should have the ball majority of this game, and hopefully we can see Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook go crazy. Hopefully Justin Jefferson doesn't go too crazy, since I'm playing Joe this week and he has Justin Jefferson. And then also Kirk Cousins might be a good uh, spot start this week if you're not starting him already whoever owns them. To that, Lions, Patriots, Mac Jones looks like he's going to miss another week. They still got, I forget his first name, Zappy. 
playing quarterback. Their defense hasn't been too great this year. And obviously, without Mac Jones, the offense might be stagnant. I mean, who knows? Maybe Zappy comes in. You know, Bill Belichick freaking found Tom Brady. Maybe he found another guy. Who knows? I highly doubt it. So I would look for Jamal Williams, Amon Ra, TJ Hawkinson, Jared Goff, probably all having strong performances tomorrow. And then 49ers, Panthers. Panthers owners, beware. Like Kyle starting Christian McCaffrey. I mean, you're not going to bench him, but this might be a tough outing this week because 49ers definitely look like they're still one of the best, if not the best defense in the league. They're going to be all over Baker Mayfield. They're going to shut down any momentum they have on offense. And you're just probably going to see Debo running crazy on the other side because their defense isn't too great either. And then, like I said earlier, Chiefs Raiders Monday night. Look for the Raiders to fall to another loss and go down to like one and four. Jeez. Uh, Kyle argued with me for a minute telling me how great the Raiders were going to be this year, that Devontae Adams was the answer they were looking for. I mean, when Amari Cooper was there, he was in his prime prime, and he was one of the best receivers in the league, and I don't think that worked out too much. And realistically, how much better is their defense now than it was then when they had Amari Cooper? If anything, they had Khalil Mack for a minute. Yeah, I don't know, man. Well, anyways, guys, that's going to wrap it up. I appreciate you for listening to yet another episode, episode 11. I love the double digits for me. It's really hype. I really look forward to continuing recording and your guys' continuous support. Don't forget, two-for-one specials all day, every day. No, the buckets are not two-for-one. I'll see you guys next time.